where we test the boundaries of imagination and are forced to think outside the confines and restrictions of what is normal. We are the creators, the writers, the artists, and the insane. Welcome to our Weird Realities. I love that opening. I know, that's great. That's cool. Well, well happy Sunday. Happy Here Sunday. we are with some more fun. I'm super excited about this. And um, it's Rich Rasucci and I'm Hadley Thorne. And welcome to our weird reality, guys. That's no, awesome. Thanks for, Thanks for having us. us. We're excited. We are also excited to have you uh, on our weird realities stuff. It's great. <laughs> and for anybody who doesn't know the Martones, DL Martone, it's Daniel and Laura. They're uh, screenplay writers, writers of all kinds of fiction. And they're recently, or not, maybe not recently, getting into some uh, tarot stuff that they want uh, they want us to talk about. So we're going to get into that, and we will jump right in if that's okay with you guys. That's Let's fine. Go. I wrote up a series of little questions, and okay. I was going to fire them off at you. All so right. normally I don't ask about a writer's writing process, but your husband and wife dynamic of writing together, it's a bit unique. So how do you guys do it? Is it like a tag team, or do you sit together and just bust out words? How does that work? It's definitely more tag team. I'll let him. Describe yeah, I, I would say our the very beginning of our process is we start off with an idea. Like if we're coming up with a new series, um, we spitball uh, characters and things like that. Um, and then I will usually go write uh, a, an outline. We'll go through that together. And then I'll write a first draft, which is it's a pretty lean first draft. We it's somewhere between a screenplay and a first draft. Um, yeah, and, we call it a skeleton. Yeah, draft, skeleton so. draft. And then Laura will take that and you know anywhere from double to triple the length of that, um, and then she'll send it back to me by fleshing it out. Yeah. Right, so I mean, right. I'm, I'm taking his story for the most part. Uh, if there's anything that I have issues with, we'll talk about it. Yeah. So we always talk about it. And usually we, we're very good at compromising. Um, I tend to be a little more literary. He tends to be more, I mean, I love genre, but he tends to have more sensibilities towards that way. So he can help to temper me and vice versa. And then, I, so I flesh out the description and the characters and all of that. And then, and then he, yeah, takes it back. Right. And is his thing. normally depending on what it is, like the zombie chaos series that we write, follows uh, Joe, who's our main character, and he's a middle-aged, out-of-shape guy. Uh, yeah, yeah hey. I, I know all about that. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> Caught in the it's, middle of the... Like an of, autobiography. Yeah, the zombie apocalypse. It really is our story. With zombies, um, yeah. But sometimes I'll have to, I, I call it de-girlify. Yeah, he de-girlifies -girl like, it simply because I... I am always trying to make him a better man. Make and he realizes that like that Joe wouldn't do whatever it is I'm trying to make him do. So yeah, yeah sorry, sweetie. So, yeah, no, yeah. Joe, Joe is like, eh, no, I wouldn't do that. So do you guys ever fight about it? Do you throw hands on this? He's like, I need to have this done. And she's like, no, no, no we got to do it. This no, way. I don't think, it's pretty easy going. I mean, we really do try to give each other, if there's something I really, you know, want in there, We'll try to make it work, but I mean, especially when it comes to the the fact that in this this particular series, Zombie Chaos, I'm writing from a ma a man's point of view. I I am fully aware that there are going to be things I do that Joe would not do, right. Dan would not do. So you know, that's I think it works really well. I think that our 
we have a ton of common interests, but the differences we do have are very compatible. So I feel like it, it really works the way we do it. And then I'm the one that once he's uh, de-girlified it, um, then I take it back and I'm usually like, well, he'll format it. And then I will proof it the last way through because I'm the word nerd. So I'm the one that really checks. And then we just pretty much, we're pretty DIYers. Like we do everything ourselves. So we don't, I shouldn't say it maybe, but we don't hire editors. Like I'm usually the last eyes well, People on hire it. Laura to edit. Well, so. that's true. Yes, that's true. But um, yeah, so that's it. And it works well. I feel like the give and oh, take. Great. That's awesome. Wow. So you got a Kickstarter going. Why don't you tell us about that? We do. Go ahead. Tell everybody what a Kickstarter is because I don't think everybody knows what it is. Right. So Kickstarter.com has been around a while, but publishing has sort of taken off a little bit in the last couple of years. Brandon Sanderson's big, you know, $2 million crowdfunding. Yes, yeah. it's crowdfunding. Right. So Kickstarter.com was initially, you know, it's for like prototypes of inventions and films and things like that. You're trying to get a crowd to help. And I mean, there are lots of famous event, like I think Veronica Mars, right, was on Kickstarter. Yeah, There's yeah. a lot of things that you get the fans to then help. So it's awesome because it's just a direct connection with fans and i love it this is only our second kickstarter but we are sold like we will do it for all of our launches now because i really especially love connecting with readers directly and that's something that you can't really do with the normal retailers like Through amazon, amazon yeah. you know, they don't want you to know they don't want you to be able to contact the readers they're the buffer so kickstarter is, is just great and they are very easy to work with um the way that you design your campaign is, is pr it's, it's pretty easy. I mean, once you, you know, get used to it and you can ask questions of them. Um, so it's really great. Kickstarter is, is awesome. And our first one we did last year was for, we, we um, produced a couple of walking audio tours of the French Quarter, a ghost one and a vampire one. Oh, that's, really? that's what we started our very first. And we did really well with it. I mean, better than we thought we would. It was more like a test and um, we're very passionate about New Orleans. I'm from there. He is the an adopted New Orleanian. Yes. So this was something that we really loved. And I think the passion came through and that's what people connected with. But this one is specifically for our zombie chaos series. And actually even more specifically, our fan favorite Azazel, the zombie slayer, who's a cat, who uh, has her own little adventures where she takes out zombies in cat-like ways. In cat-like ways, yeah. And so this one is basically for an illustrated storybook collection of her stories. Oh. And also our tarot deck, which is Zombie Cats of New Orleans. And so that kind of brings together a lot of things we love. Zombies, cats, New Orleans, and tarot. Can't go wrong. Nope. It's awesome. Wow. That's that's pretty fantastic. Uh, I, I, I didn't know that it was going to be an illustrated book. That's uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I was already going to pick up your stuff, but now, I mean, I'm totally sold. So well, we actually have a, another uh, offering in the Kickstarter that's a zombie flesh bound. Oh, yeah, right. The, one of the options is to have zombie flesh, and I love it. I think it, it's pretty cool. It, they're, they're each <laughs> handcrafted. We, we're having a lot of fun with that. Yes. Um, so it's just Kickstarter is just a really I think it's a really great place for writers, too, because you can do creative things like that that are much harder to sell through ordinary means. You know, I mean, and it um, really it people have been using it and publishing for a few years oh, now. Yeah. But last year uh, in March and April, Brandon Sanderson ran his campaign and I think it was 40, 42 million dollars. 42 million. He broke the Kickstarter yeah, record <laughs> for books. And it was just four books um, 
So, I mean, he really <laughs> destroyed the publishing industry. So with that. none of us are expecting to make that kind yeah. of money off of it, but I think it showed that there were readers there, you know, that yep. there were people that were for looking sure. for yeah. professional stuff. So that's fantastic. Wow. That's incredible. I know. Well, I'm super excited about your stuff because you hit on all the stuff I like. I love animals. I can't wait to read your books. I haven't read them yet, but they are on my list to read because, I mean, Azazel. First off, is that from Fallen? Yes. Yes. I can't believe you said that. Most people, because, okay, wait, where am I? It's my supernatural tat. They automatically think that Ruby Azazel, which is our cat's name, is the two, there are two demons in that show. That's just a coincidence. Azazel no. was actually because of Fallen. Because, because of Fallen, we yeah. love the, the cat at the end of that yes. movie looks just yeah. like our cat. So, yeah, that's, that's, I can't believe you said that. That's awesome. That is so, oh, we love We you. just did that movie. On oh, uh, watching weird, maybe oh, yeah, yeah. It, it was my pick, it was mine. So. Oh, that's awesome! I do love that. I love that cat yeah. too. <laughs> Denzel's awesome, that yeah. yeah. That was, it's such a great story. Yeah, so how did you guys get into writing screenplays? Well, let's hear about a couple of your favorites. Well, I mean, we both went to film school, she right. went to Northwestern for film and English, English, and yeah. then I went to Columbia College in Chicago for film. Um, and at, at one point, we, we've had a crazy ride. Um, we started off in Chicago. We bought an RV. We drove out around the country, ended up out in L.A. Um, and we just got into the film industry out there. We met a lot of people. Just uh, the indie, you know, indie side. Yeah, of it was all indie. We don't have, right. Yeah, um, we're definitely grassroots, you know. But at, like at one point, we, <laughs> were, we were running uh, uh, an independent filmmaker group, like, a very large thousand yeah. member group. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, yeah, that got carried away too many people. And then we also did um, film festivals for years. But right. while we were out there, our intention was to do films or write screenplays. And films were, had gotten so expensive and so hard to get distribution for that we kind of went the screenplay route for a little bit. We did sell one screenplay. Uh, filmmaker screwed it up, though. <laughs> bad. He screwed it up bad. It was, it was, uh, it, uh, I mean, I'm really excited that it was made, but yeah, it was, it didn't resemble the thing we no, sold. It so, was, it yeah, was a, a screenplay. It was, I think it was <laughs> the original was called Golem and it was about this group of, uh, 20 somethings that find a bag of money out in the desert. Um, and, and, uh, calamity ensues. Yeah. Calamity ensues a, a, a golem. <laughs> You know, if, if you know uh, your history, it, it was like a flesh creature that came <laughs> out for revenge to kill them. It was a very bloody, uh, lots of sex. Um, I mean, all kinds of stuff. And then this guy turned around and turned it into a Christian. Yes, film. it was a Christian horror film. So Which, a lot of that stuff. Just, and there was a dog suddenly. And yeah, I don't know what was up with that. Somebody, some investor of his wanted a dog. Wanted and so a dog. There was suddenly and a dog I, that had not been there before. I got nothing against <laughs> No. Christian filmmaking <laughs> or dogs. just don't do it to my script. Yeah. But you know, that was a good lesson because the thing is we're very autonomous yes. DIY people. So I think that being out there and also, you know, he's from the Midwest. I'm from the South. LA is not really our bag. I mean, like it's a beautiful place, but the vibe of it is not really us. And so, uh, it was soul sucking. So Katrina yeah. happened and we ended up moving to New Orleans. Exactly. And so that ended the LA stint. But in the end, it was good because we wanted to tell stories together, but we wanted to do it on our own terms. And that's what we do now as 
fiction writers because, you know, and as, as novelists, the sky's the limit as far as your budget goes, right? I mean, you can do whatever you want on paper (laughs) that you cannot necessarily do in film. So it gave us a lot of freedom, you know, creative freedom. Um, And so we're much happier doing what we're doing now than I think we were then, but it was definitely an experience, a learning experience. So when you sold the script, how exactly did that work? Did he just give you a bunch of money and then it's just his, he can do whatever he wants. Cause clearly he didn't, he didn't yeah. see your vision. Is, is that how it was? Yeah. No, uh, no. He, well, he, he bought, he bought the rights yeah, to it. But I, if I remember right, he only gave us half. He never actually paid us the rest of it yeah. because uh, there was some, yeah, there was some. That's more LA stuff. Yeah. There was some like, I don't, I don't know. There was creative accounting on his part. I'd say so, we, yeah, we, but, we took our payment from that and we bought a minivan. Yeah, that's right. We did. We bought a car. Sold a script, buy a minivan. That's but good that, though. Yeah. So like I said, it was an experience for sure. Yeah. And we've, we've written a few others that, you know, we would want to do someday. We also shot a really low budget film of our own out there, but it's best if that just stays buried. <laughs> I do. I do have a vampire before I met Laura, oh, a, right. a vampire film that uh, I had someone, I have not seen my, this film Midnight Sun in well, decades now. Um, and someone contacted me on Facebook and asked me if I was the director of this film and they really wanted to get a copy. And he's like, any copy and VHS. And I'm like, I don't think I even have a copy of my own vampire film. Um, but your uncle had it. So you now do have a well, copy because right, we right. got it from his uncle's house. Right, okay. Yay! Right. <laughs> that's great. So you guys already killed my two of these questions. One, one of them was... Um, did you adapt your stories for the screen or did you just write for movies? But it sounds like you just, you just wrote them. We wrote just wrote them. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. I, I tend to get, when I get going, I just won't. Well, no, we covered the topic. Just be you. Yeah. You got to be you. you. We covered the topic. That was exactly what we were looking for. Well, I, mean, I have a question. So since, and I hear the buzz is that Hollywood's dead and it's moving to Louisiana and Georgia and, like Nashville, do, do you think that's going to impact anything that you're doing? Will you get more back involved in film or uh, oh, help it grow? I, mean, I don't think since we've, <laughs> we've gone hardcore DIY um, and we were when we were doing the indie film scene anyways, but uh, I think the only thing that we would get back into, and I'm not saying if someone offered us a, Here's a bucket of cash for right. for the rights to Zombie Chaos. Uh, we'd be like, we oh, think how much how much cash know. actually yeah. fits yeah, in that right. bucket? <laughs> okay, take it. But uh, Is it we we might want yeah or <laughs> pennies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we might want to do something ourselves. Right. Um, yeah, we haven't killed that bug in us. And that's another thing about Kickstarter. Not that our little videos are so amazing, but you also are encouraged to do a video on your page. And so that's been fun the past couple. Um, campaigns doing that it kind of gets us and i think it's for both of us made us go hmm, we kind of miss making movies yeah. even though these are like three minutes long right. you know it's just that idea of, of i don't know it's just a very different medium and bringing together so many things we love the visual the, the words the music um so yeah i don't know maybe i mean louisiana and georgia have been pretty big for a while now yeah and um yeah i i, I think in our time in in new orleans the the thing that probably um, frustrated me the most about the film industry because we ran the Big Easy International Film Festival there for 
quite a few years um, was the lack of support for indie film. Yeah, there in the Hollywood same, yeah. South was all about, right. you know, Sony coming in and, right. you know, all these people building these studios there. Uh, so you see Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie at the time move into town. Right. And so you have that scene, but the, the, there was a lack of support for indie films. I think that is changing a little bit now. Yeah. Um, I think because of the, well, a lot of streaming and let's face it, you know, from YouTube to uh, being able to sell to freebie or Tubi or whatever. Um, this is funny though. I have a tiny little, I don't know if you guys want this. It's a, a little anecdote, but um, about that, about filming in Louisiana, we lived in the French quarter for a really long time. And we lived on St. Anne, which is in like the heart of the quarter. And the show NCIS New Orleans was filmed there a lot. And we have, I have a really good friend from Northwestern who at the time was an executive producer of the show. And so she got us on the set at one point so we could meet Scott Bakula, who's like one of my favorite actors in the world and just kind of watch a little bit of it. And so here I am meeting him and I don't usually get kind of, you know, starstruck, but I was a little, I was a little excited. She Let's was. just say I was a little in the game. I wasn't really paying attention to stuff. And so he kept, he asked like, how do you like live here? Like in the quarter? I mean, it's like so crazy. I'm like, I know with all the filmmaking, it's like, Jesus Christ, there's so many TV shows and films are always away. And he goes, that's not what I meant. I meant like the tourists. I was like, Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, the TV shows are great. Yeah. I'm so glad you guys are here. Um, for Christ's sake, I was being a little too honest. I didn't know what he meant. Oh my God, it but was yes, funny. It's, it's a little crazy when you live in a neighborhood like that that has become, you know, where uh, they take over certain areas. Um, and then you who are a resident can't go there or can't park there or whatever. And that's if you've seen um, uh, mixed feelings. Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Uh, so they took Lafitte's blacksmith shop bar. Uh, bar um, which corner. is a famous one. It's uh, it could be the, one of the oldest or the oldest uh, continuously running it, bar. It is. But they took it, and one day Laura and I are out walking in the quarter, and there's dirt. Well, because on the road, on the like, opposite corner is our mailbox right, place. Right. It's where our mailbox is. So we would go there every day to check our mail. And so one day we go there, and there's like dirt everywhere. I mean, like the, the, the street is gone. And there's obviously some filmmaker people. And carriages around. and horses. Yeah. Like, well, right. And on? so they had turned. There's a scene in, in it. I can't remember which part. It doesn't take place in New Orleans. It's like in Springfield, Illinois, or wherever they are. And they're using, though, because it does look very Lafitte's, old. Lafitte's, yeah. Lafitte's as, as that town. And it was just weird. It's just weird, you know, seeing it suddenly how it might have looked actually back in the 1800s, you know, mm -hmm. when there was no pavement and no automobiles. So it, it's interesting. And when you live in a place like that, that's very historic, you know, it, um, they try to turn it into, um, you know, the past a yeah. lot. So, but coming back to the, your Hadley, your original question, I, I hope the filmmaking in the South becomes more indie friendly. Definitely. And I hope we start seeing a lot more uh, small productions and all of that kind of stuff that would really excite me. Yeah. So so, I think that's going to be incredible. I was watching the Mayfair Witches show on AMC today, and I'm like really wanting to go to New Orleans. It's it's pretty awesome. Well, if you're ever there, you let us know because we will happily like show you around if you need if you need some uh, guidance. 
We love Actually, doing one of my good friends lives down there. She works for American Airline. Oh, and I think I was telling y'all about she's um, one of the crew member of Chewbacca's. Right. Yes. Oh, we're going to Chewbacca's. We're going to Chewbacca's. And well, in like a week, we're driving yep. down to, to New Orleans. And then it's, you know, it's then the weekend after the Saturday. Couple, yeah, yeah, a couple Saturdays from now. Chuba crew of Chewbacca's is our absolute favorite Mardi Gras parade. It is awesome. And for anybody who's in the sci-fi fantasy, it is a highly recommended parade. It doesn't I actually, I was a member. I don't think I currently have my member with them. But um, before COVID, I actually was joining and planning on going, and that was like the year. But yeah, totally. I'm like I'm just in Jackson, so I'm not that far away. Right, that's right. true. Totally. When y'all get down there, we'll have to hook up sometime. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll be there, so we'll we'll like check in just to come see down to Chewbacca. You should you should totally come down to Chewbacca. That would be fun. It would. It's cool. So I have to ask, Azazel, what's up with the zombie slaying kitty? Where did that come from? And and how how does that work for you? <laughs> um, well, uh, Joe, you know um, the Dan character yep. in our Zombie Chaos series um, makes it very clear from the get go that he likes animals far more than he likes humans. So he's much more willing to like risk his own life to save animals amid the zombie apocalypse than he would be to. Well, he says that, but he does help a bunch of humans along the way too. Reluctantly, I mean, yes, reluctantly he he does. But um, I think it started with our, our kitty. So our kitty, Ruby Azazel, has this, she's pretty feisty and she only likes us. Like she will not, she doesn't let anyone else touch her or come near her. She's bitten my mom. She's attempted to bite many people. Um, it just, it's, yeah, that's just how she is. So she's a little fighter. And I guess when we were doing the, the zombie chaos, since it's basically our autobiography with zombies, Azazel, of course, is in it. And um, somewhere along the way in book four, she is left, her parents get taken away from her by, by a misguided ranger who doesn't know what's going on, you know, in the zombie world. And um, she ends up getting lost she gets out. in the woods. She gets out of the van, the, the zombie crew van, and has an adventure. And after that, people, readers really liked that. They really loved her viewpoint because she's as snarky as her dad but without all the four letter words so she like you know tiptoes around things a little more and she, but she's funny but she's very ballsy little cat and uh saves the day ends up saving a little girl and everything so that's how this kickstarter then happened is that we thought okay this is obvious she's obviously a fan favorite as we'd hoped she'd be i mean that was from the and, very beginning yeah so but I mean, now we want to we wanted to write more stories from her point of view yeah. and then illustrate them so you can see her cute little we were, we were essentially getting threatened by our readers that if we killed the cat, you know, that was it. I'm like, are you kidding? There's no way this, this, this cat will outlive everyone if that's the case. Yeah, the funny thing <laughs> is that the, the female in it, Claire, which is basically there are middle names. So Dan is Daniel Joseph and I'm Laura Claire. So the leads are Joe and Claire. And uh, he's much more willing to kill Claire off than he is the cat. So <laughs> I'm okay with that. I mean, you know, that's fine. We'll see. So coming up with uh, with ways for a cat, for a small 13-pound cat to, to kill, to kill a zombie or yeah. even multiple zombies at once, that was that was a challenge. So yes. I believe it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So is is it true that you guys not only write on the road, but you've turned an RV into the ship Serenity from the TV show Firefly. Because I'm so geeking out about hearing about that because, you know, nerd. So Right. 
Do yes. Absolutely true. We we bought a 1988. Well, we're, we're brown coats. Yes, we, absolutely we, brown coats. Yes. <laughs> oh, and, that's the other one. Sorry. Yeah, so yeah. that's our, yeah. yeah. Um, You're my people. Yeah. We need to, um, we need to drink beers. <laughs> but we bought a a 1988 um, 21 foot fifth wheel. So Little. a very Crazy. small yes. fifth wheel. Fifth. And fifth wheels go over in you know, the truck bed. And when you look at them, it kind of looks like Serenity. Right. It kind of looks like it looks like Serenity. So we thought, oh, I know what we I can mean, do. this thing, this thing was a junker when we got it. Oh, yeah. And so we gutted it, gutted it. We installed cabinets, uh, built a new bathroom, you know, redid everything. And then we painted like the kitchen is painted. Like the kitchen, yeah, where it's like yellow with the gray, you know, and you can see it in the background of, of and, scenes. And the, our bedroom area is Anara's, you know, so it's got the Anara sort of Moroccan, like right. sexy bedroom thing, which is just the bed on. over. Yeah, right. <laughs> bedroom, it's a bed, yeah. but whatever, it, um, it works. Um, and then we even have Hands of Blue, the, which are the bad guys, the Alliance, uh, the well, the you know, super duper. Yeah, they left their hand. One of the cabinets, we each put a hand. A, blue painted hand, my hand and his hand. And then even Ruby has her own little corner. And I even, I was very proud of this because yes. I am not a painter at all. <laughs> I'm a writer. That's what I do. But I painted a little sign that says Ruby on it. I think Ruby's room instead yeah. of Kaylee's room. And so it's exactly like Kaylee's little hand painted sign, except it says Ruby. I'm super proud points of that. Points to her litter box. And it points to her litter box. <laughs> so yeah, like we really went a little crazy. And then the outside we painted gray. So it sort of looks like, you know, as, as good as a, a 88 RV can look like a spaceship. Hey, I this, think we did a pretty good job. This, this ship, and I'll call her a ship, has actually helped us out a few times. Oh, yeah. First, we were down... Because we have a Serenity sign on the back. Yeah, so, I mean, we, it says what, we, what she is. Hold on, where's the, the, the camping world? Alabama. Down in, like, Mobile, Alabama, Mobile. there's a camping world there. And usually, you're not allowed to stay at camping worlds unless you ha have you bought purchased. an RV from camping world. But we came there one night, and the manager saw the sign and was and like, he's a oh, brown coat. you guys, are, you're, you're my people. You, you can, can hook up anytime. Which means we have a free place in Alabama to hook up water and electricity <laughs> just so that, you know, in case we need a place in between uh you know stops which is awesome we were uh, on i-75 right. and we had we were having some tire trouble yeah and we pulled off at a rest area and i swear i i think i just gotten out of the truck and a trucker came over and said can i take pictures and we're like hold it you know he goes yes and we even opened up the door so he could take yeah. it he was gonna send him to his wife and all this and, and then he saw the tire trouble and the next thing i know this guy's jacked up our He's our trailer here. And has fixed everything. It was awesome. Like, I got to tell you, man, there is a serious brown coat nation that was out awesome. there, yeah. and it, it is. I know. It's there's some solidarity. It's pretty awesome. And that actually helped uh, inspire all of our sci-fi. Oh yeah, we, we also do space opera series. Yeah, we have a, a Galactic Blue series, which is very Firefly-esque. Actually, that was one of the best reviews we ever got from Galactic Blues, which we wrote with a friend, uh, Brona, who chooses to remain anonymous, so I won't say her last name. I love you, Brona. Um, she co-wrote it with us and a reviewer said that lots of space operas say they're like Firefly, but this one really is. And I was just like, that is the best review <laughs> ever. <awesome>. Yes. <laughs> wow. So I, I guess one of the things that we want you guys to do is to plug yourselves. What, uh, what do you got coming out? What do you have in the past? We know about the, the zombie chaos and we know about the tarot cards. 
What else you got? Uh, okay, well, Galactic Blues, like we said, is yep. our space opera series that we will continue. We also have a lit RPG that we started called Non-Player Character, and we're going to actually finish that on Kickstarter as well. So that'll be an upcoming campaign. Um, we, we we go against the grain yeah. when it comes. You know, most authors would be like, "You should stick to one genre." We don't do that. So well. We're not we're not smart like that. We no. we kind of write in everything. That's okay. So we have. More Galactic Blues coming. We've got non-player character, the fantasy uh, lit RPG. We've got two more books in the Zombie Chaos series coming out in 2023. Um, and then we have a paranormal cozy mystery series that we're gonna. That's gonna, of course, going to be set in New Orleans because well, why not? Um, and, and that'll be coming out this year too. So yeah, we're pretty busy. <laughs> and, then, and then a whole bunch of other things. <laughs> yeah, it's how we roll. Yeah, but, I love it. Great, I love it. Lots of fan base. That's yeah. <laughs> That is the hope. Yes. Sometimes they say, you know, it doesn't cross over, but it, it can for sure. Yeah, I mean, we've had people read Galactic Blues and then turn around and read Zombie Chaos. Yep. And we've had it go the other way. Yep. You wouldn't think, but there are enough of us out there that like it all. Oh, the, I think there's more than you yeah. probably yeah. even tapped into. So um, for me, I love the paranormal. So tell me about your paranormal series. The, the Paranormal Cozy? Okay. Yeah. No, no, you oh, go ahead. Man. Well, Tara was involved girl. in this one, too. This is how this happened. Like, we decided <laughs> that from now on, like, every Kickstarter will probably have a tarot deck. That's awesome. Because, I, I mean, I love tarot, but also, I just, I don't know. I feel like, you know, we can bring together sort of our abilities. Um, he's very good visually, and I, I love the idea of, like, reinterpreting the cards, you know, from a different perspective or a different genre or whatever. And I, I think, I think we'll, we'll have a lot of fun with that. Yeah. Um, but uh, the paranormal cozy is basically about a half witch who, um, you know, has lost her mother. So of course there's going to be a mystery at some point in the series about what re really happened to her mom, her witch mom. Um, and so she has an adopted um, mom who is a, a voodoo a practitioner so she gets, you know, and she has a half, uh, well, not a half sister, but I guess a, a sister, like really her sister, but I mean, a yeah. stepsister who um, is not really as into the um, mystical stuff. So she ends up helping to solve crimes because her one big, yeah. she's, she's not really the best witch in the world, but the one skill she really has is she can talk to cats. Of course. And so her cat network in New Orleans helps her to solve crimes because okay. they, of course, are the eyes and the ears of the quarter, which is where it takes place. That is outstanding. That helps her. <laughs> that really cool. I mean, the, well, be, the thing about all of our series um, they all actually take place in the same universe or multiverse multiverse. Yes. Right. Um, so there are connections between and, zombie chaos and the cozy and, and part of our goal, ultimately, it's not that we think that one audience, you know, for all, right. Um, it's, it's more just that they're going to be some people, like you said, Hadley, that, crossover so it would be fun for those really diehard fans to be able to see the inside jokes and the like the little you know the little nuggets and easter eggs in other series and yeah so they're all kind of linked and that makes it more fun for us too yeah i mean even even the space operas are yep linked wow. it's true so hadley told me that you guys got trapped in michigan during COVID. uh <laughs> what happened there well we we were actually in new orleans we had spent, first, yeah. yeah, we had spent Mardi Gras there because uh, my brothers had come down. Um, my, I've got one brother in Michigan and one brother in St. Louis, and they came down to go to Chewbacca's. Which we had become like a yearly 
right. tradition, you know, with them and their girlfriends. And then COVID hit and we're sitting in Serenity, you know, the RV. Um, I think it was like in a campground. The, down yeah. The, yeah. the first week of March right. when everything started going crazy. And then, you know, the, the fear mongering on television and everything you, from that, we thought that States were going to be shut down. I mean, the way they were talking, it was yeah. like, if you didn't get out and go right. home or whatever, you might not get there. And we were like, well, we can't afford, I love new Orleans to death. And so does he, but I have a very bizarre uh, sensitivity to heat. I mean, like not, not, this isn't me just like being a delicate flower. Like there's something on a, you know, physiological level that I can't yeah, handle heat at a certain point. I get very, very ill. And so we can't live there in the summer. As much as I would love to be there, I, I can't. I just can't do it. We were doing eight months on, four so months up here. it was what, March by that point. And it was like, well, if we don't get out now, I can't be here. Like if we're here, I'm inside all the time for, you know, the next six months. So we left thinking, okay, it's just going to be temporary, right? That's what they said. They were flattening the curve. It was going to be a couple of months, maybe, no biggie. So we went up to Michigan and then, oops, one thing led to another. And we ended up, yeah, we've been been here for the past few years. We, <laughs> we, we did, uh, oh, I mean, we've had a couple of trips down yes. to New Orleans. Like Laura wanted to go to the Supernatural Convention last year because um, she's a, a huge fan girl. Got her picture taken with the boys. Oh, um, Sorry. but, uh, yeah, um, we did get, we did have one advantage when we were coming up at the beginning of it, you know, the whole toilet paper craze <laughs> right. went down. And I remember we even all of, all of our zombie groups on Facebook were like, Hey, how do we get toilet paper? How do we get toilet paper? Um, Laura and I were in a Walmart and we went to the RV section. Cause they always have toilet paper there. In they the have RV section. toilet paper. And they were completely out everywhere else. So Laura and I stocked up on it, and we're we're pushing our cart through Walmart. And people were giving us oh my evil god glares, like where did you Honestly, get that? I wish I'd been packing there. Because, I know, man, it was <laughs> awesome. Kind of you were like, see, if you're an RVer, you know, the toilet paper isn't only in one place. It's kind of crappy toilet paper. It is but crappy, still, but whatever, it, it does it does a job. It works, right? Yep. <laughs> wow. I mean, you guys are great. Uh, where can we find you? We want to look for you. Where, where can where can the fans and the people that are watching the show, where can they find you guys? Where can they find us? Well, I mean, <laughs> they can go to dlmartone.com. Yep. Um, you can look for our, our Kickstarter. Um, I don't know if we it's can give you guys a link. Yeah, we can give you the link for it, but it's Azazel the Zombie Slayer. There's yes. not too many of those on Kickstarter right now. I think that's probably the only one. So, yeah, Azazel the Zombie Slayer. You can and, the, and the cool thing about Kickstarter is once you start following, like if they follow us on Kickstarter, then they'll be notified of any other crazy stuff right. that we, we put right. out there. And then we're on Amazon too. At least some of yep. our books are on Amazon now. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, everything's on Amazon. Just, just we, not in KU. We, yeah, we've, we've, We've dropped out of KU, most specifically for the Kickstarter stuff. Right, because you can't um, really be on Kickstarter and in KU at the same time. Right. Amazon doesn't like that. Well, no. the books that you're doing, yeah. Yeah, that's so. what I meant. <laughs> but we will have more books in, in KU. Right. Oh, yeah. how, how many books do you have? I think we have 10 now. Yeah. I mean, if you don't, count, you don't count Azazel in that. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah I think it's 10. Because we have three. Our very first one we put out in... May of 2017. I um, So besides the fact that I have a heat sensitivity, I also have OCD. And my OCD kind of only emerges when I'm writing. Like that, you know, like like 
my job. That's when, otherwise I'm fine. I'm not a germaphobe. I don't care about any of that. Like, you know, I, I don't have weird routines or any, well, I shouldn't say weird. I'm very sensitive to people with OCD, but I'm just saying, I don't, that's not how it manifests in me. It manifests more in my meticulous nature when it comes to work and lists and stuff like that. And so I was taking forever with our very first space opera. And in 2017, Dan was just like, we're hitting publish. So that was it. And um, our first little space opera, it was a uh, gray nebula and it did really well, it did really well. Um, but we need to get back to finishing the series. Cause then, you know, that's not part of the galactic no, blues. No. That was different so there was that space opera and then the three and then yeah, lit RPG and then zombie chaos. Yeah. So 10, 10 books yeah. at the moment. That's a lot. That's well done. Yeah. And are you um, a featured author anywhere or are y'all just doing the indie thing? Just, just doing the indie yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's how we roll. Hi, Mike Lewis. Well, Mike Lewis just popped on to say hello. Hi, Mike. Hi, Mike. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about? Anything you wanted to throw out there that we didn't ask? Um, no, um, I'm just trying to think we're excited. I mean, we love Northern Michigan, just so we're clear and it, it is beautiful up here and it, it also, Not in the winter. I love it in the winter. It's gorgeous. Although right now the, because we had a weird, um, and I don't know if this is the case for you in Massachusetts, but like we had a weird snowfall that then made the lakes really dangerous because they didn't freeze properly. Um, so we've been actually watching little fishermen go out there and kind of hoping that we don't suddenly not see them. Like, yeah. You know, so because I haven't ventured out there yet this season, I'm just like a little nervous when it comes to stuff like that. I'm from Louisiana. My water does not freeze. So I don't understand this concept of like walking on, on it. I swim in it. But anyway, um, yeah. Uh, so we love Michigan, but we adore New Orleans and we are super excited to be going down there for Chewbacca. So what I was going to say before about Chewbacca is that if anyone out there is interested in experiencing Mardi Gras light, like not the weekend, which is insanity. Crew of Chewbacca's is awesome because it usually happens a few weeks before Mardi Gras weekend. And it's all about space opera and, and, and you know, sci-fi, the who, like all, all the, you have the, all the little Whovians. I mean, it's amazing. There's a brown coat brass band, which they're all dressed like Mal and Kaylee and Jane and they play. They're really good actually. It's so, the 28th this Saturday. So if anybody's the down there and has never seen it, you must see it. It's really a treat. It's January the 28th? What'd you say? It's January the 28th? Yes, January yeah. the 28th. Oh, yeah. Well, Mardi Gras early this year. Yeah, it's yeah, early. It, you know how it always fluctuates. It's very good. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, definitely. And it is a, well, like Laura said, it's a sci-fi and fantasy and horror. Um, and it's not motorized. So you're not going to see the big, long you know, being pulled by a truck type of thing. I remember a, a few years back, somebody had a Borg cube. It was awesome. That was the size of the street. It was the width. And it was being pushed by two bicycles. And it had five sides. Just the back was open because it was serving as like a resting They put a porta potty in there. People, so people would like drinking, jump in the cube to chill out and <laughs> get back in the parade. Oh, it was awesome. But, well, Laura, tell me. Oh, about God, your... my absolute favorite sub crew, because that's it's basically a parade that's filled with sub crews. And if you have at least like two people, you can start your own sub crew. In fact, the supernatural one, it's the crew per natural are two people. 
Like that's, I think maybe hopefully they got a little bigger, but the first year it was like two little people with a sign that had baby on it. And that was pretty much, you know, yep. that was it. But my favorite are the rolling Elliot's and they're um, all grown men that are dressed like Elliot from ET with the red hoodies, on, <laughs> riding bicycles with little ETs in the baskets. Drunk and off their ass. They're so drunk most of the time, especially by the end that they're like rolling into the crowd. I mean, not in any like dangerous way. They are on bicycles, but it's pretty funny, actually. It's just a hoot. It's really a hoot. I feel like it it has that vibe of New Orleans, the creativity and the community um, without all the, the insanity. Of, and then all the genre stuff that we go. love. Yeah. 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 It's a lot of artists, creators, isn't it? Yeah. A lot of creative types. Oh, yeah. Even the throws are super creative. Most of so, them are like, in other words, instead of getting, you know, Mardi Gras beads made in China, like most of all the other right. parades throw and doubloons and such, they actually give you like handmade things. So, like, my absolute favorite thing ever <laughs> is a coloring book from Supernatural that the, that the little crew made. So, it's like a little coloring book with images from the show. I'm sure it's not licensed. I don't care. It's <laughs> so cool. Yeah. So, it's just, it's very creative, very clever. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Um, the only other thing I would say is that if anyone out there is interested in New Orleans, one of the cool things about Kickstarter is that, um, and our Kickstarter does end uh, on January 26th, is that there are also add-ons that are all from our previous uh, campaign. So like our ghost tour and our vampire tour. And um, I created, uh, or we created a NOLA glossary and pronunciation guide that I'm really proud of. That has how to see stuff and, you know, and uh, pictures it, and things. So the glossary guide if anybody's interested. Started off, it was supposed to be a few pages long. Yes. It was just a, it was a giveaway. I blame, we just give it away. I blame my OCD. How I'm long, how long was it when we published it? It was like a hundred pages. I'm sorry. <laughs> to talk about it's a crazy place. What? Still, that's pretty cool. Yes. <laughs> the glossary. That's well, cool. I love that. Um, I, I got a little Texas healer last year and I posted about him and Daniel, you had responded back because his name is Boudreaux. And you yeah. said the only thing I needed was a cat named Thibodeau. Dibido, exactly. yes. Exactly. You do. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but I was like, I try and tell him because like Scott Baker will call him um Bordeaux. And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, he's not, he's not, not French. French. It's a different Cajun French, not, Bordeaux, not French French. Yeah. Bordeaux. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, you're I love seeing your your doggy, you know, your adventures with dogs. And isn't your your dog right now had like got approached? For, yeah, what, for what's going on? <laughs> I call him Boo Bradley because he needed two names because he's so bad. Yeah. Oh, but he's so he keeps getting approached because he's photogenic and that's yeah. what people want him. Oh but my God, the eyes. What's so His funny. eyes so, are incredible. So what you're saying is that he's really photogenic, but he might not do so well on a photo shoot? Like, hey, like well, he, I can't even put a leash or collar on this dog. I couldn't get him a little outfit. He'd have nothing to do with it. But I've got him a friend now because he needed a companion, and oh, now really? I have um, Wilson. Oh, Wilson, that's <laughs> yes. great! I love it. It's awesome. I love. Yeah, we only have the kitty, but she will not tolerate any other creature in the house other than the two of us. So if we have to live vicariously through you for cute puppies. Yeah. That's not happening anytime soon. <laughs> well, have y'all ever been to the Ruger Roof Festival in Homa? 
No. 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 That sounds haven't. awesome. That does sound awesome. Rougarou was defined in my glossary, but no, I did not go to that. I, think, I, I think, didn't know there was such a thing. I kind of that too. They have a parade, and it's a, it's like the weekend before Halloween, and they do a zombie parade. Oh my God, we're there. Okay. Yep. Well, yep. Dan has already made the determination that no matter what, I mean, like hell or high <sighs> water or hurricanes or whatever, we are going to be in Louisiana next winter. So we will take Serenity down and we are staying Fall our butts down there. Also. So yeah, so and because Halloween in New Orleans is one of our absolute favorite times ever to be in New it's Orleans. It's batshit crazy so it there. Is really it is crazy. But that would be so much fun. So we'll look into that. Thank you for letting us know. I think I saw that a, I had not a, heard that. a few years ago because I think uh well, I think it was when Tab Benoit got his uh his tab start, from Homa. Yeah, it started yeah. his initial uh, restaurant and I think they did something uh, there. Okay, all right. Well we'll look Maybe into it. Played. Thank you. Yeah. Sharing this. Well, if you, if y'all go, let me know because they have free tables. So Absolutely, if you set up a book table. We'll we'll set one up too. Oh yeah, we'll totally do that. Yeah, yeah. we'll do a weird realities podcast from there. Right. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, we definitely want to start doing more of that. And that's I think yeah. another kind of offshoot of Kickstarter is creating things for Kickstarter will help us then have interesting things for conventions and stuff. Yeah, we, we definitely want to do more because we have serenity events. to travel around yeah, in, exactly. and so we want to be able to go. Comic-Con to, you know, all around the country. So that's the plan. Have y'all been to Comic-Con or Dragon-Con or any of the cons? Diego, he has. Yeah. No, I have not had the pleasure. Uh, it was, that, no, that was insane. It's just too crowded. <laughs> did you go as a guest or did you have a No, table? no, no. I, I had friends that were, uh, had tables there um, when I went. But uh, yeah, and, and it's yeah. also very, it's very Hollywood. Mm -hmm. The yeah, yeah. San Diego one is. Um, we've been to the Comic-Con in New Orleans a whole bunch of times. Yeah, I love that one. And we that's that's just to... friendly, yeah. fun. Yep. Um, and they still get enough names in. That... I love Comic-Cons, though. They are yeah. definitely, like, our people. Because mm -hmm. I would say, the one thing I love in this crazy world where there's a lot of divisiveness and everything, Comic-Cons are one of the happiest places, the happiest things to go to. Yeah. Everybody is excited. You know, you're, you're finding your tribe. You're all excited about a specific thing. And you're nerded um, out. You're nerded out. Like, it is just, it's like for anybody out there who has never been to a Comic-Con of any shape or size, you have to go because you will you will find kindred spirits and it just has a great energy and community right. about it. I just love it. I just I, I love Comic Cons in general. So that's yeah. on the 2023 uh, agenda as well. Yeah, we're busy. Well, in 2024, Weird Realities is going to have a get together in Jackson, Mississippi, and I hope y'all will come. Absolutely, definitely. No, we totally will. Yeah. Can Can we get our friend Doug to come? I know he's not involved in all this, but he can come. <laughs> Okay, we're, we're actually going to do it. Um, and Alan's supposed to come, and Joe Hansen, and Rich, and Scott, and Bethany, and our other people that aren't writers are all supposed to come, and we're going to get together and meet. And so, oh, we would like to that. folks to come. Well, if you'll have us, we would love to. Oh, do absolutely, that. that'd be a blast. Yeah, that would be for sure. Definitely. Yeah, but you know. I don't know if Doug's parents still live or not, but he probably comes up. It right. would be a big drive for him. Yeah. No, I, I, don't know, I don't know how he would. Uh, when the Doug that I knew was like Mr. Prim and Proper. I mean, Ooh. 
I oh, didn't I really get that vibe from him. It was just more like when we first met him, he was just a lot quieter than we realized. And then once you get to know him, he's got a naughty sense of humor. Yes. Like he just he's got a wicked sense of humor. Just, I love Doug so much. He's just great. I miss him a lot. And it was funny when we found out you knew him. I mean, like knew him like as kids. I was like, that is what a small world. Yeah. It is. It is. I always we always say that the the right people always find a way to each other. Yep. I like that. Yeah, yep. I think that's true. Well, this was a lot of fun, guys. Yeah. I mean, I, I wish we had, I, I don't really think, can't think of the hand of more. And I'm sorry, Ruby is not with us, but um, yeah, she was not, she was not. Her price not was on, too yeah, high exactly. to be on camera. Was, yeah. It was like, no, mm -mm, not feeling it tonight. So Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being here. I wish I had more questions for you, but you guys, you killed it. You you answered everything that I, that I had, you know, prepared and Hadley well, threw some stuff out there and you answered all that. That was, that was great. Well, we told you anything goes. Yep. So, you know. I still got more questions, but I'm just waiting. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll come back if you guys want us to come back. We'll we'll happily show up again. So well, I'm like I might want you, Laura, to come on. Um, if I can get the Weird Awakenings crew to talk about tarot sometime, I would love that. She would love. That. I love it. I love tarot. It's awesome. I've only really, I mean, I don't have the the length of you know time under my belt that you do, but I've really loved it the past few years, and I have a couple good writer buddy friends who are also into it and use it more for creativity, you know, reasons mm -hmm. and also life. But I mean, mostly to help through creative hurdles. And they're the ones that I, uh, my friend Angie and Mariel, they both uh, got me into it. And I really owe them because I, I love it. It's actually- The symbolism of the cards is amazing. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. So I'm really interested to see how y'all are going to do yours. Yeah. So. Okay. I, well, I will keep you posted for sure. It's going to be fun. It is going to be fun. Well, awesome. And oh, thank you again for sharing. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say really quick. And this particular deck, Zombie Cats of New Orleans, the, the guidebook that comes with it is written from Azazel's point of view. So the cat is the one that's actually oh. the cards. <laughs> so yeah, we, we let her go. Like all of the suits are different. The wands are bones. The cups are bowls. The um, pentacles are treats. Um, I can't remember now the other one. Uh, swords are claws. Yeah. So like awesome. she has her own take on everything. So, I mean, it's going to be a little irreverent, but that's kind of. And there's zombie cats and zombie hunting cats. Yes, right. So on the, on the, as the archetypes. Yes. Yeah. So anyway. Oh, that's fantastic. I got to get me one of those. <laughs> We're going to be fighting over it. All right, guys. Well, again, thank you. Come back anytime. And the next time you have something that y'all are promoting, another Kickstarter or when it comes close to Halloween and you're doing your ghost tours or vampire tours, let us know because we might be able to get some folks together um, sure. to head down there. Okay. Yeah, awesome. That would, that be, would be great. Like I said, that is one of our favorite things in the world besides cats and zombies is taking people around New Orleans. Yep. Like we just love it. So yeah. Cool. Well, it was lovely it was chatting great. with you guys. Thank yeah. you very much for having us. And, for being here. Everything I wanted to see. So <laughs> that was great. Well, good. Thanks so much for coming. Sure. It was fun. Anytime. Yep. Well, bye, Hadley. Bye, Rich. I guess that's it. Take it easy, everybody. Well, until, until next time, y'all just stay weird and we'll stay in touch. We okay. will.